Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name, Greg Mahochko, and uh, among my guests, of course, he is one-third of the tripod, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi, Greg. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm just, I uh, got my Ricola cough drops, and I got my, my, <coughs> my herbal tea. I have my essential oils diffuser going. I like how you... If I, if I could strangle a goat and get over this cold, you'd be hearing the goat be strangled right now. <laughs> uh, you've been fighting this for a couple of weeks. Uh, we wish you well in the uh, continuing battles ahead. That's probably that coronavirus thing. It better not be. Joining us once again this week... Paul Dalen, Coronation Zone data analyst, specialist, expert, and he's got some goodies for us. Uh, maybe. Um, I think some expectation management m- might have been in order before we started recording, <laughs> but it's a little bit too late right now. I really so struggle with uh, I guess we'll just roll with it, right? Just go with Greg's excitement, will you? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he's, okay. lift- he's lifting the boat right now. Quick question for both of you guys. Not sure this, there's a wrong answer to this question. I'm just going to throw it out there. How long can a beer be sitting out before you're like, no, I'm not going to drink that? I mean, it's been opened. It's not like it's, you know, in an, an enclosed, you know, it, it's it's an open container, as they would say in, in a moving vehicle type of situation. Not that about this is about an hour. It's going to be it's going to be lukewarm. So, uh, backstory on this one. Got home from work. Are you um, out of beer? And you just want you to know if you can finish last night. So is, is that no, what you want to know? No. Uh, do, you re- do you want my blessing to do that? You go right ahead. Greg. No. So, backstory. My wife is finishing up her time uh, as, as a shift nurse, night shift nurse uh, at the one of our area hospitals before she starts her new career as a nurse practitioner with, you know, like a regular Monday through Friday schedule with no weekends and no holidays and no on call and all that other stuff. So she has worked four of the last five nights, including last night and uh, the night before. So I guess it would be Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. Today's Thursday. So Tuesday, Wednesday nights. So she was exhausted. And when I called her on my way home from work saying, Hey, I'm on my way home. And she's like, oh, that's great. I can't keep my eyes open. I said, okay, I'll bring home dinner too. So I stopped and got some barbecue, Hicks Barbecue, uh, you know, South Illinois Street, if you're ever in Belleville, Illinois. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, so we sat down, the three of us, uh, my wife, my son, and I, obviously, and had dinner. And I got from the fridge a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I drank a little bit of it, and then, you know, as my son tends to do, he climbed in my lap and was, you know, messing with me and looking at my phone and such. So I put the beer aside, and then it was his bath time, and then I hopped in the shower, and then I was like, oh, crap, I still have beer to drink. So it's been sitting out about two hours, and I'm going for it. All that to uh, the, the only reason I asked the only, question be, is because I just wanted to say that I'm going to drink this beer. Damn it! You're a grown up, Greg. You make you may drink the beer anytime you want. Thank you for recognizing <laughs> that, Paul. Um, are you all familiar with Sierra Nevada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm mean, not a pale ale guy. It, first of all, you should try the you should try the I, pale I, ale. It's pretty good. No. No, okay, I'm already no. a bitter person. I don't need to add more bitterness to myself. Well, it's not an IPA. It's just a pale ale. Yeah, and that's close enough. Huh. What, same thing. What, um, what about an American yeah. pale ale? Have you heard of that? Yeah, it's, it's 
Yeah, it's no no different. It's it's bitter. It's, I mean, it's filled with hops. So no, I'm not a hop guy. Yeah, are you more of a roll guy? You're like I'm gonna I'm not gonna play hopscotch, but I'll play roll scotch. Oh my god! Or or do you just drink scotch and call it? A I'm day? really you, regretting this. You just <laughs> fucking, you just you just killed half of our listeners. No, we're not gonna be. Yeah, probably. They're uh, probably you spent dead. Five no. minutes. You spent five minutes talking about prepping up to drink a stale beer. It's, so. it's perfectly fine, really. It, it's quite tasty. Or I'm just not picky because it's kind of weak it's been. Get off my shit, You know Paul. what? I, I, would, I would leave a beer, a half a beer like that just so I could get up in the morning and drink the rest of it. Ooh. I remember, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard of this little movie from the 80s called Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Maybe. Yeah, I feel like it would have been right up your guys's, you know, alley. Anyway, uh, I remember there's one scene in the movie where I, I guess they've been up all night, and so in their Cheerio, they're pouring beer into their Cheerios instead of milk. And I always thought, what a waste of Cheerios! What a waste of beer! Nothing about that makes sense. No, they could have just mixed it with V8 and had a red beer and started their day right, like Nebraskans. Damn right. Uh, so let's get to it, shall we? Uh, a couple of weeks okay. ago, I said to Paul, or Paul said to me, the conversation was had uh, about coming up with a, a scoring system for football that, you know, everybody starts at, you know, like 100 points or, you know, some arbitrary number. And if you have, you know, a, a negative play, you lose points. If you have a positive play, you gain points. Uh, and I said, Paul, we need to work that out. And Paul said, okay. And then Paul says, Paul, tell me what, what, tell the listeners what you told me a little bit ago. Um, what did I tell you a little bit ago about how it's a little bit more complex than just, you know, writing one little program and that, uh, you want it to be perfect when you unveil it and send it to Roger Goodell. Oh well, I think what I I think what I told you was um, we can talk about it and talk about the ideas, the general the general concepts of it, um, but the uh, the actually imp- implementing it to the point that it's useful and ha- stands up to any kind of sort of academic scrutiny um, is take it's taking more work than I thought. Um, I have to figure out how to uh, basically I. It, I need to run a number of optimization routines on it to make sure that I'm 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 zeroing in on the right coefficients because right now I'm just kind of spitballing everything, um, and it's pretty close, but I think it can be better. So um, there there are there are algorithms that can be run that will um, uh, to calculate correct coefficients to apply to these. But we can talk about the idea. We can talk about the concept. Um, that sort of thing, if you want. I, I, I understand. You I know, I understand have... the problem. The last time I had to zero in on some coefficients took me two or three weeks full time. <laughs> Did, didn't this uh, all come about because it, we, I mentioned you or it was brought up or something about how the absurdity that a safety is worth fewer points in current football you know, scoring than a touchdown based on the difficulty of actually, you know, obtaining a safety versus a touchdown. Like, if if scoring was based on difficulty, then a safety would be like ten points, and a touchdown would be four. Um, yeah, uh, two or three weeks ago, when we last talked, last time I was on uh, the show, um, we talked about that. We talked about it. it was a Banner Society article where he had, I think it was like bad idea Wednesday or something. And he, and the author, I forget who it was, um, uh, said that, that safeties should be worth 11 points, um, because they're rare and they are, they are devastating. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean that, that, you know, just based on the, the, the rarity of the event, it should, it should be worth more. Now I, I didn't agree with going that far, but it got me thinking that one, there's some merit to that idea. That why is a safety worth, uh, you know, two points? Um, 
Whereas in, in, in another idea that I'd been kicking around, um, which we're going to get to real shortly here, I'm assuming, um, that, that kind of extending this idea of when coaches grade players or grade the offensive line play for, you know, each, you know, for each, each play during the game, um, they'll, they have a, a set of criteria and they add and subtract points and, and whoever, you know, scores, scores the best in, in games and in, and in uh, in practice, eventually can earn a spot uh, in the starting lineup, that sort of thing. Um, I kind of I wanted to take that idea of you know looking at individual criteria and events and outcomes for each poss- each play, all the things that can happen, and assign a assign a you know a cost or a revenue to it. This is essentially a financial model, if you will of um looking at a football game and then each team uh gets i only score the offense because essentially i'm i when the offense does something bad or the defense does something good it results in negative points for the offense so i don't need to score the defense because i'm 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 essentially assigning negative points to the offense which is effectively the same thing as positive points to the defense and then you just sum up the total of you know points that you've earned and lost um your <laughs> you 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 calculate your profit for the game and whoever has the most profit in this revenue cost revenue model uh would be under this model would be the winner of the game so that's the that's the basic idea earn more than your opponent lose less than your opponent and you and in this notional idea of how to score a football game you win the actual points you score don't really you know like like touch you know, getting a touchdown is worth seven points but there are other ways to earn points as well so so you could actually you could actually come up with this and release it as a game that like uh, statistics analysis guys could play in the stands as the game went along. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, in fact, one of the things I thought about doing next year, if unless unless the coronavirus cancels the football season, is uh, is <clears throat> just because I can download as the game goes on, I can access this stuff. You know, these live stats. I can I can be scoring the fo- the game um, as it goes along. So I cannot wait to see that on the Coronation Twitter feed. <laughs> Be like, well, okay. that was a three-yard, uh, th- three-yard run. We are point three points ahead. Oh, we just got a big uh, tackle for loss on Iowa, plus five points, or minus five points for them. However, you want to look at it. Right, right. For every play, Paul. Every you are play. a brave yeah. so, man. So why don't you ask me how I score it? <laughs> well, <coughs> hold on. <coughs> let me. What wait, 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 <clears throat> yes, I'm listening. Go ahead. How do you score? Well, it's funny you ask, Greg. Mm. Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> every decision that a coach has to make, and every and then once you've made a decision and the play starts, it goes from from decisions to to outcomes of of the play. So everything has a cost. Um, at the every decision has a cost. It costs money to to call a timeout, or it costs points to to call a timeout. It costs points to to call to decide to punt. So we have those. We have the two ways of 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 losing money. It's bad things happening, and then every coaching decision has a cost. I mean, if you're going to do something, it, it, there's there's some, there's an initial investment because everything. Um, to, so every pass attempt is worth um, or costs one fourth of one or 0.25 points. So if you have you know uh, ten pass attempts in a game, the total for the game 
of that cost of deciding to do that is negative 2.5 points. Every pass completion is worth a half a point. And so, so if you complete the pass, you actually gained a quarter of a point. Now you also get um, a tenth of a point for every yard. So if it's a 10-yard pass, it's, it's, you know, if it gains 10 yards, you get a point, plus you've completed, you've completed the pass, so you're at one and a quarter points right now. Now, if you score a touchdown, you get seven points. If you get a first down, you get a half a point. If the pass is dropped, you lose a half a point. Plus, you also don't get the pass completion point. So, um, What about a run? Well, we're getting to that. Yeah, slow okay, down, John. We, Damn. We just, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're a pass team now. God, you haven't run the ball, but guy's getting a little anxious here. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much the same idea. Um, uh, just, uh, uh, a rush attempt is uh, uh, costs a, a fourth of a point. Um, you get three tenths of a point instead of one tenth of a point for every yard, though, because we tend to gain yards more quickly with with passing than with with um, uh, uh, than right. rushing. And oddly enough, looking at you know thousands of games, comparing the points, you know of rush yards versus pass yards. It's very, very close. Um, so that's, I found that that's probably pretty close to the right coefficient there. A rush first down is a half a point. Um, a rush touchdown is seven points. Now here's where it gets good. If you fumble, get, uh, uh, recover or not, it's worth, it's a loss of half a point. If you lose that fumble, you lo- you lose an ad- another 3.5 points. So a turnover is worth negative 4 points. A pass interception is worth negative 4 points. A safety, which is essentially the same thing, is, is, is a turnover, is worth negative 4 points. A uh, turnover on downs. If, if, you, if you don't get a first down on uh, a pass or... Or rush on fourth down and you go for it. It's 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 a turnover. It's negative four points. What if uh, <clears throat> this is important? What if it's first and ten? You have the ball at the forty-two yard line, your own forty-two, and you throw a swing pass that gets gobbled up in the backfield for a loss of three. I'm okay. just saying because it might happen. Sure. Do you know what happens when you when you multiply um, negative? Like, if you if you lose, you know, if you if you gain ten yards, it's plus ten. If you lose ten yards, it's minus ten. What happens if you m- multiply minus ten times one tenth? <laughs> you one. lose points. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what direction the the the. I mean, if 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 you if you get hit for if you get hit for a um, sack with a loss of of twenty yards, what about sti- it? It's still it's still a rush attempt, um, and you and you would lose six points actually on that. I guess it would be because it's you'd lose twenty. Third down uh, and nineteen, and you run a screen pass that uh-huh. gets you two yards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, but we might see that. that was an, that's actually an oddly specific example. <laughs> Do you, is there a backstory there? I feel, um, I feel I like we saw mean. a lot of those last I fall. Can't, I, can't, I can't get into, at least with, with my minimal skills here, I, I can't. <clears throat> I, have to, I have to really aggregate at general decision-making. I and, understand. And those kinds of things. I do, however, have the Kirk Ferentz rule. Um, where if you punt inside the forty, I mean a punt is is <laughs> it's a turnover. A point. Yeah, it's a turnover. If you, if you if you punt, it costs a it costs a point. Doesn't matter whether it ends up in you and you down it, you know, at the one yard line. It's still a punt, or it's still a turnover. Essentially, you're giving the ball back to the other team. And but if you punt inside your forty yard line. <laughs> That's the Kurt Ferentz rule. You lose an additional 1.5 points. So it costs you two and a half points to punt inside your 40-yard line. You damn well better stick it um, inside the five. 
um, or uh, so you can get something good coming out of it. So anyway, I also assign points for punt yards and and you know if it goes out of bounds, if you you know if it's down, um, a missed field goal is a turnover, negative four points. A a a successful field goal is only worth three. So you can see how I feel about field goals. Um, uh, you're uh, you're kind of ruthless. I am. Um, I, but in the end, what is a missed field goal? It's it's a turnover on downs. It's a it's a fumble at the at the uh, at the you know at the line of scrimmage. It makes no difference. You have given the ball back to the other team, and you have gained nothing on the play. I mean, at least if you punt, at least you gain. I don't know how many yards, average maybe 35, 40 yards on a punt. Um, you miss a field goal, you're just, it's, it's a turnover. Um, so anyway, so that, that's the, that's, that's the general idea there. And what I found some, just doing some initial analysis on, on, on the spitball <laughs> numbers that I've assigned to them is that, is that the winner of the game matches about 70% of the time. And obviously, games that are have a you know a wide margin of victory, say twenty one points or more, are are very tend to tend to match very closely. Like ninety percent of the of my win predictions, um, or the games by games scored by my method match the actual you know the actual real on on games that are decided by uh, seven points or less. It's really kind of a wash it's about 50 percent um and i think that's just because there's a lot of randomness and i mean you can play really really well we've all seen that um but a few things you know keeps you from a few things keep you from putting the ball in the end zone something weird happens um the ending of the michigan state michigan game a couple of years ago for instance where you you know go back and you fumble this or high snap over the punter's head and it just all, you know, all shit just breaks loose. Um, sometimes bad luck happens, and I think I think it happens a lot in college football. So there's it's you have to account for that somehow. Anyway, so that, that's and, what and about? Go ahead. What about penalties? Oh, um, are you getting? Are you giving a negative points just for the yardage lost or does there also a point reduction just for getting a personal foul penalty um in the data set that i have access to um it doesn't actually say uh well i can i suppose i could i could sort of distill this information out somehow but it just it says the the result of the play is a penalty it doesn't say on which team but then it has the it, it shows you can look at where the ball started and where it finished the play, so that gives you yeah, obviously who <laughs> who the penalty was on. So all I had to do, uh, on this page, I just assign um, uh, a negative. Excuse me, uh, one tenth of a yard for a penalty. So and if the and if the gain or loss on the play was negative negative twenty yard or negative fifteen. Um, yeah, or it is, you know, excuse me, if you're in the offense and you, and, and the defense has a 15 yard personal foul, you're going to gain 15 yards and that's going to show up in, in the statistics. So that would be a gain of 1.5 points, um, just as, as a freebie. Okay. And, I and get it that. could be, it could be that that's not enough. It may, um, that's one, this is one of those things that I'm not sure whether I'm, I'm, I'm assigning too little, too little value to it. Um, because, I mean, a 15 yard penalty or a couple of 15 yard penalties that keep a, uh, keep a drive alive are, are, you know, can really be devastating, um, to the defense. And we've seen that a number of times recently ourselves. So maybe, um, that needs to that that needs to be um, a higher point cost or revenue to it. Could this be be used to evaluate coaches? Conceivably, yes. Um, it I, I one idea I have, and I have to do the testing on it yet, 
is to see whether it actually is indicative of the other thing I you know I thought might talk about um, about frost was oh, we'll get how there. Under- we'll get there. Don't don't be putting the cart before the horse, sir. Okay. Well, I this I'm thinking that this might be a way, a sort of in in modeling language, to be a challenger model to the Pythagorean uh, model that I use to to say who, what coaches or what teams have overperformed or underperformed um, on the in the in the win in the win column per year. I think that I think that this probably has a good deal to say about that because if we if i get the coefficients correct or as as correct as they can be the remainder there you know the 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 delta between what what i predict they should win and what they actually win is really just randomness it's it it's the weird things that happen in football that you can't account for um well let's and, I, i'm i'm gonna uh pause you stop you right there paul because we're gonna take a quick time out when we come okay. back we're gonna look uh, a little bit more at the stats that we do have on hand and at scott frost uh you know in his time here at nebraska so far particularly the 2019 season and see I, after the break, I'll explain to the listeners how I pose the question to you, Paul. And that is coming up when the Five Heart Podcast returns here on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. It is Coronation's preeminent podcast. Don't let those D-bags over at uh, Of Bangerangs and Daggers tell you any different. Just kidding, Kevin and Nate and Patrick. You know that I tolerate you in small doses on a weekly basis. I'm Greg Mahochko along with John Dam Johnston and Paul Dalen. And just before the break, we teased it. Uh, but the question that I posed to Paul was, if we look at the stats of, of in-game performance for the Huskers in 2019, would the stats indicate that Nebraska should have a better record a worse record or that they are about where they need to be. By the way, I posed that question to him at like three o'clock this afternoon. So he, he laughed and said, I don't think I can pull that, pull that uh, out for you today, but we're going to deviate a little bit from that original question. Uh, and the reason being, I was listening to, uh, Golik and Wingo, uh, earlier this past week, uh, or earlier this week, I, I should say, and they were discussing the NFL combine. And they were saying specifically, and, and Paul, I think you'll appreciate this. Look, the measurables that you get at the combine, you know, the 40 yard dash and the jump and, and the, the reps on the bench press and things like that, that data should be used to support the case that you already have in front of you as far as the player's viability or, the, you know, they shouldn't, you shouldn't use the measurables at the combine to say, Oh, well, this guy's a first rounder. Oh no, this guy sucks. He's a seventh rounder. Anything like that. They should, the data should be used to support what, you know, you've already seen on film, the eye test, things like that. And I said, well, I want, we're going to have Paul on the show. And by God, he's, he's a, a data and stats guy. So that's where that, that was the genesis of this, you know, entire, you know, second half here. So Paul, when we look at, Scott Frost in 2019, what, this is a very broad question, and I apologize, and, and I'm not trying to paint it with such a broad brush, I'm just not exactly sure how to word it, but what, what does the data tell us should have happened or, you know, or did happen? Obviously, we know five and seven, but but what what does the data say in regards to the 2019 season? Um, that we were actually, uh, the data says that we won fewer games than we should have expected to, um, using the, the, the entirety of the, of the FBS as, as sort of, you know, what to draw on in terms of what to expect. We scored enough points 
and kept our opponents from scoring um, points that we should have won six and a half to seven games. Um, obviously, you can't win six and a half games. You have to win six or seven, um, but it rounds up to seven. And actually, 2018 is exactly the same thing. We were we were about a game and a half behind what I expected or would have expected we would win. Um, so both years, uh, last year we should have won six, and this year we should have won seven. So, so our, our um, just to piggyback on that real quick, are those numbers you know boosted that the points and such are they boosted by you know like the the non conference schedule you know like winning forty four to eight against Northern Illinois, um, you know we didn't have a ton of blowouts that you know that there's the Northern Illinois and the Maryland game. Those really, and we we played a lot of close games. I think people forget that in in a five and seven season, uh, you know, we had a, not that you want a one score loss to Purdue, you don't want a one score loss to Indiana or Iowa, but those are games that are there for the there take, you know for, Col- Colorado you know, as well. Colorado. Oh yeah, it, yeah, we did um, statistically. And by statistically, I mean if you look at all of the all of the games in college football that that a team that that teams you know are I can't even talk tonight that are decided by say three points or less you know uh, this, or two points or less they're decided by a field goal. Um, t- typically, teams win over the course of multiple seasons and this that's the law of large numbers is what enables this to work they win 50% of those everybody does and and if they consistent and if you consistently win more than that you know if you if if in in three point games or or such you know you actually are winning 65 or 70% of them there's either something really amazing happening and and Kansas State, for instance, under Snyder, routinely won more games, more close games than it lost. And and I think that that's it. When you look at over time that that keeps happening, you say maybe there's something to the coaching there. Um, if you're just looking at it for a season and say you have four you have four three point games or four point games in a season and we've over the last couple of seasons we've had about that many each year that have been that close you would expect to win two out of four but in reality we've ended up winning you know one out of you know one out of four or zero out of four and and I can I can just say that that's I feel confident in saying and we just kind of got snake bit a, n- a number of times. I mean, Colorado comes to mind and Iowa comes to mind two times. That that's three losses that honestly, I feel, I feel like should have been, you know, two wins and one loss, and that would have taken us right to um, where 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 we would expect to be based on the number of points we score and the way the number of points our opponents have scored. So. The the difference between what you actually win and what what the, your your scoring says that you should have expected to win, I think is is an indication of how lucky or unlucky you got. Um, it's it's worth noting that that Nebraska's performance against expectation being you know almost a point and a half um, behind or negative one point five. Um, wins per season the last two years are the two worst um of the entire time we were in the big 10 um i mean if you rank the you know over performance to underperformance ranked it you know one to 14 um in 11 in 2011 we were number two number 12 in 12 we were number two 2013 we were number three in 2014 we were number eight and then we had a crappy year in 2015 really underperformed um and it ended up being um 
you know, number 13. But then in 2016, again, we, you know, we, we won quite a bit more than we should have. 2017, we were right in the middle. And then 2018, we were number 13 out of 14. And then last year, we, we were the worst performing against expectations in the entire big, big 10. Um, with actually a really bad, I mean, ranking in like bottom 10% of all the seasons played since we were in the Big Ten. So we really did underperform in a conference that typically doesn't underperform and over, or overperform um, that much. So I, I think that, that, that this is actually good news um, because, because normally when you ha- significantly underperform, what you end up – what you end up with is a bounce back. Um, the oh, classic regression to the mean. Regression to the mean, yes. You remember that from our last conversation, John. So, yeah. um, In 2015, for instance, Michigan State like won two and a half games more than they should have. Well, you know, you know uh, the house always wins, and then the next year they won two and a half games less than they should have. So, so it's a complete wash over two seasons, but it showed it, it, it shows you that just how much, um, uh, the ra- randomness comes into this, that it, it, we don't know. I mean, sometimes you just have to get lucky. It, it helps to be good, but it really helps to be good and lucky. And I suspect that that's how you, you know, Ohio state, for instance, spend pretty lucky, um, in terms of injuries and coming out on top in close games and such, um, the entire uh, the entire time we've been in the Big Ten at least. So it's good and, to be it's good to be good. And you, it's you better mentioned to be lucky. You mentioned you know kind of a fifty fifty toss the coin on on close games. And that reminds me of the first two years under Mike Riley, where you know you go back to that hail mary loss to BYU. Uh, you know, and, and the first year, just everything went wrong and everybody, of course, wringing their hands that oh, I don't think this, you know, obviously we know now hindsight being 2020, why Mike Riley was brought in. Um, you know, it was a little more than, um, uh, a sorbet, you know, a palate cleanser from the Bo Pelini years to, you know, a, a head coach, you know, be it Scott Frost or whomever who'd, uh, you know, be, successful and more you know even tempered i suppose but then you look at the second year under riley where you know a lot of those close games went nebraska's way and then we finished nine and four i think or you know nine wins uh overall maybe eight and four in the regular season in the in the postseason uh, uh the bowl win i can't remember specifics now but but you know what i mean that everything balanced out until the wheels fell off in his third year and, and so led to uh, why we are where we are. Um, anything else really stats and data-wise before we move on? Yeah, um, Minnesota won a game and a half more than they should have this year. <laughs> Well, that's, um, you can. They can thank us for that. Well, yeah, probably. Um, but it, it again. Sometimes it's 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 good to be good. It's even better to be lucky. Um, Minnesota got lucky in a in a in a lot of ways this year. Um, Minnesota as a state, I think we can all agree on this. Minnesota as a state got lucky when the Johnston family moved north. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah. Of course. Right. right. There everyone else's loss was Minnesota's gain. Um it's something else something else just um is is worth noting. Since we joined the Big 10, Iowa has exceeded um has won more games than it should have exactly one year and that was the year that they went 12 and 2 um and 12 and 0 in the in the uh, through the regular season, um, every other year they have won less or won fewer games than 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 they than their points would say they should have. 
So See, I don't know if I um, like that stat because it makes it sound like they're uh, 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 what's the word? They're, I, they're, I mean, not a lot. They're negative point four, and then in twenty twelve they were al- almost two under. So they really underperformed in 2012, but then in 2013 they were minus 0.3 games. So not it's basically a wash. Um, 2014 minus 0.5. So it, 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 that's really just a coin flip kind of thing. 16 um, they were dead on um, ne- minus 0.1. Uh, it, it, they're never. I mean, they're never way far away from what you would expect. But there's always just just the truly and Kirk, and truly Kirk Ferentz has a reputation that he has to he just has to underperform just a little bit, not a, not enough to under not enough underperforming to actually find himself get fired or get his you know ridiculous bonuses um, docked, but he does have a rep to to uphold and 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 he's pretty good at that. He's pretty good at underperforming versus expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope all of our Iowa fans are listening to that and saying, "Hey, don't say that about our coach. He's the greatest coach we've ever had." Damn it! <laughs> I don't think we have any Iowa listeners. And I don't think anybody listens to the Five Heart Podcast like to hate listen. You know, you listen to some podcast just to like like people used to listen to Howard Stern back in the day just to you know complain about what what they're saying now. I don't think we have any of those listeners, and I'm all right with that. Um, let's move on. Because it's getting late, and there are a few other topics to discuss. One, uh, the day that we record this, at least I think that both news came out uh, of both players. But uh, kicker, you lost a couple of kickers, including uh, Barrett Kickering today. And I gotta say, I didn't really see that happening, or didn't see it coming. You're going to have to dial me in. What happened to Pickering today? I, I believe he, he's left. He's, it's announced that he's left the program. So our most successful kicker is no longer with the team. And if that weren't enough, uh, Matt Waldock, the walk-on soccer UNL player. soccer, yes, he also has left the team. So ah, shit. I think people saw it happening. I mean, we, we obviously went out and got a number of kickers. Yeah. The, but yes. Kicking right. is is probably the most underappreciated part of the game. And I think it's um, our inability to to kick this year or last year for that matter. Had a lot to do with with why we underperformed. Um, I don't disagree with that. I'll just, I mean, classic examples going to that Colorado game and yeah. not having a kicker, you know, in in clutch situation, and so we had to trot the offense back out there, and uh, and and that did not go successfully. Uh, in twenty, excuse me, in twenty in in um, nineteen ninety five. Who was who was the the highest scoring player on the team? Place kicker. Nineteen ninety five. That was B. Uh, who was it? Henry. Henry was in ninety five. Good God. No, he was. Uh, <laughs> he was in the two thousand eight. I think. No, it was uh, it was Chris Brown. Was the the um uh um yeah, the place uh, kicker and he was and the highest scoring. Right. Or in 94, 94, 95 was Erstead. Um, and 97, I think it was Chris Brown. Um, was, uh, but throughout the, throughout the 80s and 90s, the highest scoring player on the team, um, was always the kicker. Now it's because we stored so many fucking, uh, touchdowns. But, but they, we also, when we needed a field goal, we always got a field goal. Um, so there was, typically a, you know a, cu- a couple per game and just this idea that we'd ever miss a field goal it was almost as foreign as you know this idea that we'd ever lose a fo- lose a football game so i don't know um i hope the the ones that 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 frost has brought in uh can perform it's certainly a position that that a brand new freshman can can succeed at um 
Uh, well, so Pickering, Pickering has apparently left the program because of medical yeah. issues, or because he's he's not going to transfer. Uh, they didn't really give a reason as to why Waldock did, other than I mean, we're going to have uh, let's see, Jonathan <clears throat> uh, Rutledge is coming in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's a staffer. Junior college transfer Chase Contreras from Iowa Western, who was 15 for 18 on field goals with a long of 47 last year and 44 for 46 on PATs. So that looks like an option. Uh, true freshman Tyler Crawford from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And uh, redshirt freshman Gabe Hines at Kearney, another walk-on. So you would – like the cupboard's not you know, bare; it's just untested. Given the fact that we it, it would seem to be cursed at this position, maybe they should find another six or eight walk-ons before this season starts. Well, and, and let me throw this out there as well, because we talked about it last time around uh, when when Paul was here a couple of weeks ago, the XFL, and we talked about particularly at the time the rule change uh, regarding kickoffs. And at Paul, I I, I forgive uh, uh, forgive me because I didn't do a really good job of explaining the new kickoffs, and you hadn't seen them. So I think the following weekend you said, "Oh wow, yeah, hey, after watching you know a kickoff under these XFL rules, I get behind it." What I didn't know, and I went to the uh, uh, St. Louis BattleHawks game this past Sunday with my son. Kaka hashtag clear to engage. And uh, we had a good time. Uh, but there is no uh, PAT uh, kick in the XFL. You have the option for uh, one point. Uh, you, it, everything is from the line of scrimmage. You line up and you run 11 uh, on 11. And you have one point from the two, two-point uh, attempt from the five, or three points from the 10-yard line. And, I mean, we're... Now, there were still a couple of field goals in the game uh, that St. Louis destroyed uh, New York. It was fun. Um, but when when you hear, you know, the point after touchdown rules, you know, set out like that, Paul, what's your take? Because maybe we could just go and, and do two-point conversions all the time and we'll never need a kicker again in Nebraska. Um. <laughs> I think the I think the one point conversion is is a waste of time. Um, we should just make uh, touchdowns worth seven points. And if and if you want to go for a one point conversion, um, and it fails, you lose a point. And if uh, and if you if you excuse me, you you go for the the what we would call it a double extra point or the two point conversion. Um, and if it fails, you lose a point, and if it and if it's successful, you get a point, which means that most most coaches would would just say, yeah, we'll just we'll just move on, and we honestly could shave probably ten minutes off a football game by doing that because they're not going to you know ninety nine percent well not ninety nine but ninety percent of the time they're they're just going to take their seven points and walk off the field, so. Yeah, I, I want to point something out here, Greg. What's up, bud? You got two point conversion that we're going for a two point conversion implies that we're scoring touchdowns. We didn't exactly score a shit ton of put touchdowns last year, did we? We will. Okay, <laughs> it's just gonna happen. <laughs> you, <I'm, laughs> you, you have to understand oh. when you said okay like that, you reminded me of my niece. I think, and, and I and I can see her. You know, she's like, you know, a, a farm girl, uh, and she's you know throwing her head back and rolling her eyes, just like, okay, that's that's exactly what I was doing. I, I believe it, and I'm, we I'm need sure, a kicker. We need Alex Henry the second. I we need Chris Brown the third. I thought you were going to say I'm a farm girl. I don't want to go through another freaking season without at least a bowl game. Well, you won't have Otherwise, to. I gotta I gotta get a whole bunch of pitchforks and gasoline, kerosene, build torches. I feel like you're yeah. you're going you're you're taking this to an unsafe level. That's how it goes. We're Nebraska fans. We don't get to a bowl game next year. Something's gotta burn down. Paul or burn you, up. 
Paul, are you co-signing that? I don't know if I can co-sign that. Uh, no, I'm not. Let's see. Ugh. Actually, I wasn't even listening. What did you say? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I felt better we, about myself, Paul. <laughs> we don't listen to our fellow co-hosts. Why, why would we? It's not important what they say. Well, I'm not talking, so, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. That, that sounds like some shit you'd hear on the Cobcast. <laughs> I'm not talking fuck it. Well, I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to mention them or not, but that's where all the hate listeners are. No, so. I, I love them. I listen to them every week. It's it's uh it's an important part of my Monday. Uh so if they're listening, uh Ryan and Pat and uh Joe if we have to, uh thanks for thanks for the entertainment. So there you go. That's a free shout out to uh to our fellow Husker podcasters. We don't do it for anybody else. I, I like them more than I like the coordination guys. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It sounds like it. I think I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. It, it, I, uh, it, that's it for our show, everybody. If you've made it this long, you're a better person than I am. And uh, thanks, as always, to uh, Paul, who's always willing to uh, hop on and, and, and talk numbers and uh, – uh, just stuff that I enjoy listening to, but I'm not going to lie. A lot of times it flies over my head when you start using big technical math words. Like just use addition and subtraction. I I know those uh, won't get the point across, but I, I, everything in math is just addition and subtraction. There we go. See, I understood that sentence. Thank you. It all it yeah, all it, boils it, down it, to multiplication or addition to plus and subtraction. And minus. And as always, thanks to uh, John for being John. I don't know where we'd be without him. I don't think that we'd be, uh, we wouldn't be here. I might already be asleep without John. That, that, that could be taken a really weird way. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, hey, if you want to leave us a voicemail and uh, throw us a topic or something like that for next week's show or any show in the off season, good Lord, it's going to be long enough. 402-327-1830 is the number. Put it in your cell phone. Subscribe to the Five Heart Podcast and all of our Coronation Podcasts on your favorite podcast apps like Podbean and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Interact with us on social media, Twitter and Facebook, and uh, uh, that's it. Let's leave. Oh, here we go. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a little five-star review uh, and rate and review on your favorite podcast app and, uh, and let us know. Interact with us on social media. Just just say hi. Say GBR. Uh, tell us, if, if you think you live the farthest away from Lincoln, Nebraska, put that in the comments. I'd like to know where all we're reaching here with the Five Heart Podcast. For John and for Paul, I'm Greg Mahachko, reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? <coughs> Go Big Red. Win the damn off season. <laughs>